Welcome back to Brood Podcast. My name is Adonis. And I'm Bryce. Yeah, guys, welcome back. It's been about, what do we decide, four months or so since you've last heard it's, us? It's been, it's been a Thanos blipper, too. <laughs> it's been a very, very long time. Um, yeah, but we're back. We're ready to record. It's a new year. It's a new brood. We're ready to, to jump into this, guys. Uh, for those of you who are still hanging out with us, we appreciate it. Tell your friends. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, we're back. So if you guys are new to this podcast, uh, this is a podcast where uh, Bryce and myself, uh, we discuss coffee and we discuss life. It's just a a super chill podcast um, that's dedicated to talking about, you know, coffee and and the things that inspire. So we're excited to continue this journey with you guys. We're excited to get back into it, get back on the saddle. Um, We're instituting a few uh, changes now that we're back. So we'll we'll reveal those in due time. A few of those will be revealed this episode a few in in later episodes but thank you again for hanging out with us uh we we appreciate it uh sorry for the the long absence there definitely wasn't something we planned on but hey life happens took a long nap (laughs) (laughs) very long hibernation it it felt like a very active hibernation absolutely (laughs) we've been uh we've been you know planning and and figuring things out over these last few weeks so definitely excited to be back in the studio um but yeah let's jump right into what we what we do here we're gonna kick things off with a little bit of a conversation about coffee we, uh, in a segment that we like to call coffee talk so uh yeah we're we've uh, been separated i guess we haven't been in the same state for a, a while so uh we are going to be talking about different roasts today um so bryce how about you start us off let's talk about the coffee that you're drinking today so I have ordered a coffee call from a roaster called Abra Coffee. Okay. A-B-R-A. They're from out of Florida. Oh. And uh, it is it is so good, man. I'm just going to start right off the bat. <laughs> it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's, definitely, it's a family-owned little franchise. Uh, they, I guess her dad's been, um, has been in the coffee world for decades. Mm. And, uh, and the whole family just kind of got into it. And this first every, so every month they change what they're shipping out to people and they call it old world. There's an old world, uh, bean and then a new world bean. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure the differentiation other than the, obviously they're going to be from different places, sure. uh, which is the purpose of this. And it just gets you to explore more beans, more, more ways of them being roasted, uh, and more flavors. And so they rotate it every month, uh, and you can order it either as a pair, like I did, Old World and New World together, uh, and they call that the Whole World Package, mm. or you can order them separately. I got the package, and the one I'm drinking today is, the origin of the bean is a Java bean. It's a medium roast, and it has notes of dark chocolate, vanilla, and licorice. Ooh. And they did just put licorice, hey, Adonis. I know we've had that discussion. That. <laughs> uh and uh one thing I know that you and I have been trying to do mm-hmm. is whenever we see the notes, we've been trying to find those flavors sure, out there. Uh sure. just so we can smell them or taste them just to kind of get them into our mind. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I guess that's what that's what professional uh coffee tasters do right they just yeah. they just try and have as close um as an approximation to the note as possible first and then they try the sure. coffee and see it, if they can pull it out yeah. yeah um 
And so I don't have any fancy caramels or anything with me, unfortunately. I just have some uh, craft caramels, which are good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Hey, <laughs> Those hey. craft little little caramels are great. <laughs> um, but I've had one of those. I've been drinking this coffee quite a bit. Uh, and it has been absolutely tasty. Um, it is definitely just like it says, medium roast. It's perfect medium body. And I, I always, every time I make it, uh, I definitely get that caramel flavoring out of it, okay. kind of the caramel texture out of it. Um, I haven't been able to pull out the licorice or dark chocolate, but I also haven't really had the other notes or any of those flavors around me to try with. <clears throat> Um, but even when I didn't have the caramel, I could pull the caramel note out. Okay. Um, so yeah, definitely one worth trying. It is, uh, the way I brewed this coffee today, uh, was through my mocha pot or rather my buddy's mocha pot. I, um, kind of using other people's equipment cause I don't have any <laughs> of my equipment right now. <laughs> so I have, um, so the way I ground it was from like this. Oh, I can't wait to get a new grinder. That's uh, we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> this grinder is like a, it's like a mason jar grinder. So like the lid has like a a burr grinder on top of it, but it's not. It's an aesthetic thing okay. for sure. I looked it up, and it's definitely an aesthetic uh, grinder because it's it just doesn't do a fantastic job on the grind. It okay. does it does a good enough job. I've been able to kind of tweak it around to finally get some consistency out of it for a mocha pot grind and i like the table salt version there's apparently there's a couple different grinds for the mocha pots there's the espresso the fine powder grind for it or the table salt grind or just a little bit more than table salt um and i go with the table salt that's been working for me really well and that's what I've been using, and I've been using the mocha pot, which took me a little while to figure out, mm. but I got it. <laughs> uh, and it's been brewing my single cup of coffee every day, and it's mm. been fantastic. If it works, it works. Um, yeah. So uh, jumping back to a little bit about the flavor note. So yeah, because we've, yep. I mean, guys, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that Bryce and I aren't like coffee experts. We're not coffee sommeliers. You know, we don't we don't claim to be that. We don't claim to be professional coffee tasters. Um, Absolutely. So <laughs> I think when you know we see these, uh, you know, sort of striking flavors that that these professionals have said hey these these are the flavor notes in this specific bean you know i think we are naturally uh skeptical about about those very things. so and i think again you know there's a whole process that goes into this you know these are professionals they sip the coffee they taste it and then they determine hey i think this tastes like xyz so uh something i thought would be fun uh this in this new age of brood is to uh, you know we're everyday people, so let's be let's be upfront and a, a little blunt about this. Are those flavor notes on that coffee? Are they legit or are they full of shit? All right, so that's. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think you know, and that's no disrespect to the roasters or the tasters, but I think you know, as everyday people, we have a a, a responsibility to the every man out there who might see a bag of coffee that says, oh, this tastes like, uh, you know, chocolate pie, you know, and they pick up that coffee and they're like, I don't yeah. know what kind of chocolate pie you've been eating, but this does not taste like a chocolate pie. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like it's our personal responsibility to let the people know. So Bryce, would you say that those flavor notes in your coffee were legit or full of shit? 
take this with a grain of salt, guys. <laughs> I just mentioned my grind has not been uh, phenomenal. But I, right now, I'm going to say full of shit. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. For sure. Um, but it doesn't change that it is a good sure. morning cup yeah, of coffee. Absolutely. But full of shit on the notes. <laughs> good cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, the acidity level, something that's very important to me uh, for our listeners who've been around will know this. Uh, for new listeners, uh, I the acidity levels, I can't handle really high acidity levels. Okay. Uh, I'm just... I notice it right away, and it messes with me right away. This is very, very low on the acidity level. Okay. And I was reading it. They give you this little note card that kind of tells you about the bean and tells you about the flavors sure. and everything. Sure. And it said it's a wet hold bean, and wet hold mm-hmm. beans. Um, I don't know the exact process, but they um, usually they typically do that in areas where there's a lot of humidity. And I guess it just does something to keep the acidity down. Uh, okay. So, and I noticed that, and it's definitely a good-bodied, low-acidity cup of coffee, right. and it's been great. All right. Um. So, Bryce, we have recently decided to, uh, you know, start to give these coffees that we drink a rating. Uh, we're gonna give them a a rating out of five, and that is going to be their B sauce rating, their brewed scale of sippability rating. So, um, if you had to give this a a score from one to five. What would you give it? Hmm. I think I'd have to say that I'd give this guy or a girl. I actually don't know. I haven't. You know, it's been a it's been a pleasant journey. I just enjoyed the ride of the coffee. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I would say it's uh. I would I would give it a three point five three point five rings right now. Okay. I think that's kind of okay. where I'm at. Yeah. It's a good ride. All right. That's a that's a solid cup of coffee for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. As far as uh, what I'm drinking on today, I am drinking the Banco uh, Machica roast from City of Saints Coffee Roasters. Uh, this is a coffee company that is based out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, this roast in particular is from the Guji region of Ethiopia. Uh, it's supposed to have notes of raspberry candy and strawberry rhubarb pie, which is, uh, again, like we were just talking about, very <laughs> sort of off-the-wall flavor I just, in I just want to say, when you sent me the picture that I got so excited because we had reviewed a cherry limeade one. It was like cherry limeade yeah. and Coca-Cola and some yeah. other random thing. And that's, yeah. at first, none of us really liked it. I It grew on me. And now I love it and need more of it. But when you sent me the picture, that one reminded me of that. And I just, I wish I was there to try that with you. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a very interesting cup of coffee. I will say that uh, it's a light medium roast. Um, it's supposed to be funky and fruity. A uh, little description they have here is that uh, it's packed with bold notes of berry fruit, tropical fruit, and milk chocolate. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump into this coffee. I um, let's start with with what I with what I how I brewed it first. So I've been a, a very big fan of the Chemex. That's been my sort of go to. If I have a new coffee and I know I need to get its full potential, I would definitely uh, use my Chemex for that. So um, I start with a medium to coarse grind. Um, so you are getting that almost uh, sea salt consistency, little uh, bigger chunks. You know, almost like a. a a little bit more than like a sand, 
but uh, not super fine, not super coarse. It's sort of right in the middle. Um, I use a 1 to 15 bean to water ratio. Um, and obviously, not all of us have scales out there. So if you don't have a scale, uh, that would be about three tablespoons per every cup of water. Um, I boil my water to an off boil. So I, I, that's probably the one part of the process that I'm not super specific about is the temperature of the water. Um, I know there are people out there who will say it's supposed to be at a certain temperature, but I really just do an off boil boil. So I stop it. I stop my kettle right before it starts to boil. Um, and then yeah, I preheat my Chemex and my filter. I use a metal filter in my Chemex. I know again, there's a lot of conversation out there about metal filters and how that changes the taste of coffee. But for me, it's cheaper. It's more environmentally conscious. Uh, it does take a little bit more time to clean up, but Hey, uh, I do it for the environment. You know, I'm a giver, you know, I just, uh, I'm a very selfless person. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so I preheat my filter uh, and my and my uh, Chemex with hot water. Um, put your grounds in the filter, and then I do a thirty second bloom on my beans. So what that means is that I add a little bit a little bit of water just to sort of soak the beans inside the filter and let it sit for thirty seconds, and that gives the beans the opportunity to open up and give out more flavor once you start to filter water through them. So um i've heard people say to do a longer bloom and i've experiment experimented with that a little bit but uh 30 seconds is really my my sweet spot i think so um after that add the water uh online it says it should take about three to four minutes to filter through completely um, if it takes significantly longer than that, you might have uh, your beans are might be a little too fine. If it's a lot faster than that, then your beans might be too coarse. So it should take about three to four minutes to, to totally filter through. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much my process. Uh, after everything's pulled through, give it a little swirl and uh, and, and drink. And uh, yeah, that's that's my method. That's my go to method, I think, especially when I'm trying new coffees. That is a very involved method for brewing coffee, so it might not be ideal for you if you only have a few minutes before work in the morning or if you need something really quick. Uh, I really only use my Chemex if I know I have uh, at least an, uh, an hour because I know I want to A, be able to do it properly, and B, I want to enjoy the cup of coffee that I brew out of it. Sometimes I drink coffee for the functionality of it, not for the enjoyment of it, so um yeah that's my that's my process and uh let's go to the taste uh first of all this when i opened up this bag of beans uh it, it is a very strong smelling tart uh smell that hits you it's very very tart um so tart that i thought i wasn't going to enjoy the coffee because it was giving me sort of flashbacks to that strawberry lemonade or whatever <laughs> coca-cola coffee Love uh, it. I was like, oh boy, oh boy, don't know how I'm <laughs> going to feel about this. Um, but then as you sort of, as I breathed it in a little bit more, I was like, okay, I'm getting that, that syrupy kind of smell that, that usually comes from a pie or a jam or some kind of fruit preserve. So I sat with it for a little bit um, and then I, I just tasted it, obviously, and super fruity taste uh very aggressive it's not a subtle flavor at all it they definitely hit you and i was surprised that i i could definitely taste the the rhubarb part of the rhubarb pie 
I had never had rhubarb pie before this weekend when I wanted to try it just so I could see if I could pull out the notes. Um, not my favorite pie. I'm not a big pie person in general, but uh, definitely can say that rhubarb pie is not one of my favorites. It wasn't bad by any stretch. It just wasn't something that I would probably revisit. Um, it The coffee also had like a, I want to say like a dried fruit taste to it, but more like more like a sun-dried apricot over like a raisin i don't i don't know i know that might sound weird it is interesting very had that very distinct taste that you get from like a sun-dried fruit um i like definitely a lot definitely a lot of flavor definitely a full-bodied coffee um which is weird coming from a light to medium roast but this is definitely not uh like i said in uh before it's not a subtle taste like you get you get the full flavor of everything that this coffee has to offer uh it was more sweet than tart which i appreciated because like i said i was a little afraid that i was going to be too tart too sour but it was definitely more sweet than tart um and yeah it, it it was a good experience i think and i've been drinking it you know as we've been you know recording and it's definitely um gotten smoother and more sweet as it's cooled down um starting to pull out more of those chocolate notes that they were saying um and uh yeah i think that's definitely something that's sort of come out as the coffee has cooled down but um yeah very very happy with it um not something that i would probably drink on a regular basis but if it's something that i wanted to uh you know share with other people to be like hey you won't believe that this coffee actually tastes like rhubarb pie um (laughs) and it does if you give it a chance because also coffee is coffee right like coffee is going to taste like coffee Mm -hmm. first and foremost like they can say it tastes like graham crackers or raspberry candy all they want it's gonna taste like coffee. So if you don't like coffee, don't pick up a bag of of beans. Yeah, you're not gonna be like something else. Not gonna be drinking melted rhubarb pie. <laughs> exactly. So the the bonus know, and the joy is getting those yeah. flavors with your For coffee sure. taste. Like that's kind of One. the beauty of us and what we're trying to do. We're just Absolutely. trying to find those flavors. Yeah. One hundred percent. So yeah, as far as the flavors go, I do I th- I do think I can say that this is a legit uh classification of flavor notes i i can definitely taste the rhubarb pie um i could definitely taste the the sweetness and almost sourness of the raspberry candy so uh i will give them a legit uh (laughs) designation on that and as far as a rating goes um it was good like i said not something that i could drink every day not a foundation coffee um but it was very good and it's something that i would revisit so I'll I'll go three point five as well. I'll go three point five. Nice. Uh, a solid solid coffee. You know, good, not great, but definitely not bad. That sounds amazing. I'm excited to try those out. Those are yeah. those are going to be fun, especially since I like that cherry limeade one. I feel like this is right up in that same that yeah. same alley. Well, yeah. it must be better though because you you actually you liked this one. The other one you were kind of like I, you I, sort of yeah. liked it, but you weren't sure. And then as time went by, no. you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like whereas this one, the flavors got more subtle and smooth as it's cooled down. With that one, it, it definitely got more intense as it cooled down, and I was not about it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm all I'm a, I'm gonna be experimenting, guys. This yeah. season or this this go around with brood, I'm gonna be trying some weird stuff. Um, so I hope you guys join me on that journey gonna be uh, great yeah let's get weird uh one thing i wanted to note before we moved on here is sure uh i wanted to actually give abra a little more justice with their story because i definitely okay. apparently 
hacked that apart pretty kind of bad. Because uh, oh. I had actually been in touch with, uh, what I guess, um, I mean, on Instagram, she's known as Coffee Guide Monica, and she works with Abra. And she had okay. actually, we had talked a little bit, and I had asked about kind of the story of Abra, because I wanted to get to know these roasters a little bit more. If I'm ever in communication with them directly, it'd be cool to get to know them more. And so I sure. wanted to give a little more justification, and just kind of a little paragraph here uh, ex- explaining kind of their history. Uh, okay. So Abra was founded by a couple. Uh, they're currently living in Miami. So this this roast is out of Miami, Florida. Uh, and uh, the couple is Paula and Alex. And Paula is from Brazil, and she is the roaster. Her family owns a coffee farm in Brazil, and they've been in coffee forever, it looks like, because her grandfather sold coffee door-to-door in the 50s. And then her dad and uncles joined the business, and now it's a third-generation roaster. So it's kind of just a, it's a family uh, business, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it seems like they were selling it way back when nice. for yeah. just order. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, love a, I love a mom and pop operation. I love local. Yeah. I love, you know, non-corporate. So, you know, and I think that we you get a lot of that in coffee, right? I think coffee is an industry where you get a lot of these local roasters or these non corporate roasters and they 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 definitely provide the the best quality stuff so i'm, I'm glad that uh yeah we're, we're we're seeing that and actually are able to experience that that's really cool yeah it is awesome yeah um do you want to give that that person a shout out one more time just in case you know we can get her some more followers or something uh yeah so it looks like her instagram handle is coffee guide monica uh okay. and um and yeah again the company is abra coffee and you'll see yeah. uh, pictures of that on Instagram. I'll definitely be posting those, and you should see them yeah. by the time you listen to this episode. Yeah. Check them out, guys. Check them out. All right, so uh, that's our coffee talk for this week. Uh, we're going to jump into just some small talk before we get to our first break. Uh, so we just wanted to give you guys a quick update on what we've been doing since we've been gone. Uh, since so, we've been gone. You know, it's been uh, a long time. Uh, lots happened in the world and in our personal lives. So we're just going to give you guys a, a very quick, very brief update on what we've been up to uh, since we last spoke. So, Bryce, what have what have you been up to? Give us the highlights. What's been going on in the life of Bryce since September? Um, Let's see. Uh, so since September, I went to school for a month and got my CDL. Um for a commercial driver's license uh, for just all those those big 18-wheelers. Uh, that turned out to not amount to much, unfortunately, uh, which kind of sucked, but I kind of moved on from that. I have moved up to Washington from Arizona, which has been absolutely fantastic. I miss the climate here and all the weather and everything. So that's been wonderful. Um, I have started setting up a little studio in my room to start doing voiceover, starting with audiobooks. Mm, what else have I been up to? I think those, those are the most important things. Um, I yeah. have mostly just been uh, hanging out. Other than that, I mean, I spend a lot of my time just putting my effort into uh, the studio right now and just practicing editing and recording and getting the sound right. Um so that's been that's definitely been a huge journey, and then uh, I have tons of time on my hand right now, so lots of focus on my health and fitness and figuring out uh, fine tuning all of that. 
So, oh, I sold. I also I owned an ambulance. I think I've mentioned that before, and I sold it just this weekend. So that is a huge thing. Uh, I'm gonna miss that little baby toy. Uh, <laughs> but that is out of my life now. I am officially on foot for the foreseeable future. Um, and yeah, we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, yeah. Hey, big things happening for you. Um, but I mean, it is that that was something you wanted to happen, right? Yes, like yes. That is something I kind of that was a project that I just moving up here. I got into an apartment. And I just don't have room to work on it. Um, I don't have room to work on it the way it needs to be worked on. Um, also, still trying to land a job, so I didn't have the income to work on it either. Uh, so it's been it's just been kind of a little bit of a tough ride as far as that goes. Uh, I guess pun is yeah. intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got that sold to someone who seemed like they're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, Good. They kind of look like they I was talking to them a bit and they're excited to have that van to, yes. to have a project on. Um, another thing, I'm, one thing I'm kind of looking forward to in with these recordings for Brood Podcast is uh, I had a birthday recently. Uh, mm-hmm. and so with birthdays for myself comes great opportunity to <laughs> get gifts <laughs> and, sure. uh, so I should have a nice new manual burr grinder coming in Ooh. soon. I'm going to be ordering one, doing a little shopping right now again, but I've, I've had yeah. it narrowed down between a couple for some months now. Uh, finally going to put that order in. So I'm excited for that. And I think I'm going to buy a couple different, uh, methods of brewing get maybe okay. get myself a chemex and a new french press and all the yeah. all the goodies maybe i get myself a little coffee station set up yeah yeah so i'm excited for that awesome. exciting things are on the way um yeah that's awesome that's awesome what have you been getting up to i uh it's been uh obviously 2020 was a crazy year 2021 is shaping up to be uh just as crazy if not more so um but <laughs> so, since we last spoke i uh am back at work uh completely in 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 full time right now so uh back to my 40 hour work week which is great you know definitely not you know uh complaining i'm very fortunate uh to have a job so definitely um something that i'm happy about um i got engaged at the end of last year so yeah you did i i popped the question uh been a been a very long time it was a long time coming um (laughs) i've been with my now fiance for seven years so figured it was about time to take that next step um so that's been that's been fun that's been exciting um been haven't really had a lot of time to start planning things for a wedding uh just because we you know we have no idea what what the world is going to look like uh, in, in uh, you know, on a day to day basis, regardless of trying to figure out something months ahead. Um, but we are looking to hopefully tie the knot relatively soon. Neither of us want a long engagement. So excited about the prospect and excited about planning and things like that. Um, uh, most of you know that I uh, had another podcast that I would do on a weekly basis called The Movie Docs. It was a, a review podcast, a movie review podcast uh, that has since um, gone away. <laughs> no longer a part of that project. Uh, but again, sort of like with Bryce's uh, van ambulance situation, it was something that I wanted to happen. Um, I was, it was just time to let it go. You know, some things are just... Uh, 
they, they run their course and they have a special place in your heart and in, in your life story, but they're not meant to continue forever. Um, and, and mm-hmm. the movie docs was one of those things. I appreciate it for everything that it did for me, um, in my creative, in my creative life and, and all the things that it provided for me, all the outlets and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's a, it was a bittersweet moment letting it go, but it was something that ultimately had to be done. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to just go sort of all in uh, with a couple of other creative things that I've been working on. Uh, excited to go all in with Brood here, you know, get get back on the saddle. I love podcasting, so it's something that I'm probably going to be doing for the rest of my life. So I, I am very fortunate to have uh, the ability to 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 stretch my creative legs in this medium and i'm I'm hoping that you guys hang out with us while we do that and uh yeah excited to to continue my journey but uh yeah that's been pretty much it i mean you know worldly things happening aside you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) we could have an entire series based (laughs) on what's been going on in the world yeah but uh we're, we're trying to give you guys a little bit of a distraction from that with this podcast so um yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. That's what we've been up to since we last spoke yeah. um, in September. So, uh, again, super happy to be back. Super excited to be with you guys. Uh, super happy to, to have these new ideas and new segments and things that we have planned for you. Um, one of which is coming up on the other side of our break. So, if you guys are having a good time so far, we hope that you stick around. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking about... Something pretty interesting on the other side of the break. So uh, something let's adventurous. Go grab a refill. Yeah, <laughs> let's go grab a refill of whatever we're drinking, and we'll be back in a uh, in just a bit. Brb. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, we are here to uh, introduce a brand new segment that we have in store for you guys. So. Uh, when we originally came up with the idea for Brood, we had wanted to not only explore coffee, but explore other beverages that were brewed, um, one of those being beer and another being tea. Um, so uh, Bryce and I thought, you know, hey, it's a new day and age. It's a new brood. Let's let's actually dive into that. Um, so uh, from here on out, we're going to be alternating. Um, so every week we'll talk about coffee. That's going to be our, our staple, our foundation. Um, but alternating weeks we're going to be talking about beer and tea um so i am an avid beer drinker uh bryce is definitely an avid beer drinker as well Mm -hmm. or at least has has been in the past i know you sort of let up on it a little bit in in recent times oh this this Um, podcast will get me going again i definitely (laughs) i love trying new flavors that's that's where that comes in yeah. Fair enough. Um, and uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, a tea. So when it comes to the beers, I'm going to be sort of taking the reins on that. And we'll, we'll have discussions on it, obviously, as a as a pair. Um, but those days are going to be uh, considered our, our suds episodes. Um, and we'll have conversations more about, you know, indoor things, things you do when you're having a beer, things you do when you're just chilling and relaxing and just want to drink a beer. Um, and then on other weeks, uh, Bryce will be bringing us a, a tea review. Um, I'm a big tea drinker as well. So again, we'll have that dialogue. We'll have those conversations. I'm about tea. Um, and, uh, those will be more centered around things that we're doing that are, are, I don't want to use the word healthy, but healthy, like, more, <laughs> like you know, more active, more things that you there do. You go. Active is to, a good one. You know, you know, 
further yeah, move, yourself. Yeah, you know? further move, exactly. move your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you know, world every every life needs that balance of of stillness and activity. So we're gonna give you that on an alternating basis. Um, so this week is a suds week. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a beer review for uh, a beer called "It's the Fog That Counts" uh, from Humble Sea uh, Brewing Company. Um, so I was actually gifted a uh, a craft beer IPA subscription box uh, over the holidays. Um, and I've been really enjoying the beers that I've been trying. Um, I don't know if I've ever discussed it on mic, but I was not the biggest fan of IPAs initially. Uh, but I have recently pretty much committed to drinking IPAs and only drinking IPAs. <laughs> I'm sorry. They have gone, they have gone from my least favorite beer to my absolute favorite type of beer. Um, and I just love them because there's so much variety in this. I don't know what to call it. This genre of beer. There's so many. What, different what is that flavors. genre? Is it? Would you say it's like a raccoon garbage pile? Oh, would you say that's the yikes. genre? <laughs> uh, Bryce is not a fan, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really think that there are so many different flavors and things you can get in an IPA. And I think a lot of people have the misconception that it's it's only hops and everything is super hoppy. That is not the case. As I've learned, I was I was miseducated. I was incorrect in my assumptions of those things in the past. And I have since been educated. And I, I now understand that uh, IPAs are, are delicious and they're fantastic. And they're just a an overwhelming variety to choose from. So, um, yeah, we're going to dive into it, but Bryce, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about your beef with the, IPAs, <laughs> with the India pale ales. What's your, what's your problem, bro? I appreciate <laughs> the, uh, creativity behind them. And, uh, I love that about it. I have tried at least 10 different types and not just, you know, 10 different types from the same brand or brewery, I've tried sure. 10 different places. Like, I've completely, I've tried it tap, I've tried it bottled, I've tried it whatever, and I've only come across one I liked, and I can't even remember what it was. I feel like it was a Kona brand, uh, that Hawaiian okay. brand, because my buddy uh, a few years ago was really into drinking IPAs, and he was really into Kona, like just everything okay. by Kona. So I feel like it was one of theirs. I don't know if they even have one, but it doesn't seem like they do, but... If they did, that's probably the one I liked. Uh, but yeah, I just okay. it's just way, way, way too hoppy for me. I am a sensitive, simple soul. I used to love the whole spectrum of beers, but now I have learned, and I've accepted this, unfortunately, because I do love variety and trying new things. But I've accepted I love my really light, crisp lagers, and I love my really heavy oatmeal stouts. I've okay. I found my favorite things, and everything else in the spectrum a little tough i think the other reason though i have an issue with ipas is also just like a biological reason like a physical reason because i can't oh, drink yeah, like yeah. heavy 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 yeast or wheat like i can't do, drink like straight rye whiskeys i can't drink um wheat beers uh like blue moons and all that stuff because i was gonna say uh, that i'm allergic that limits you it limits me a lot it. it does <laughs> uh which is why i think the oatmeal stouts and uh, and I used to like porters, but not so much anymore. But I think that's okay. why those stouts and lagers are things I enjoy still because I I can drink them without any of the side effects. Because if I drink any gotcha. like that other stuff, especially the heavy like wheat stuff and the hoppy stuff, um, my throat 
will kind of start closing up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I can I can immediately drink a cup of water and be fine, but I'd notice. Okay. I I one time I think this was like six years ago. I I noticed that and I was like, eh, maybe I should not drink these. <laughs> I, I think we've gotten to the root of the problem. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's just psychological. My, yeah, I think my just... body's just telling me <laughs> this is garbage. But really, and that has that has somewhere translated into to you thinking that the beer is bad, but really it's just the psychological barrier that you put up for yourself and it all makes sense now i can <laughs> and physiological barrier <laughs> i think there's a <laughs> yeah 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 fair enough uh but yeah so yeah that's uh that's the story and i currently today do not have a beer to drink with you unfortunately but i was not going to let my buddy drink alone and I have a nice little two-ouncer of just some E&J brandy that I am going to take the hit for this morning. There we go. Catch, you'll, catch a much, you'll catch as much of a buzz from that as I will from this full 16-ounce beer. So, um, Yeah, let's talk about uh, It's the Fog That Counts. So, yeah, again, uh, this is brought to us by Humble Sea Brewing Company. Um, it's a 6.5 ABV. Uh, it's a DDH hop-fused foggy IPA, uh, double dry hopped, which is what uh, DDH stands for, uh, and fused with Nelson, Simcoe, and Pacific Jade. Uh, its aroma is uh, pineapple, grapefruit, soft papaya, stone fruit, and kumquat. Uh, its flavor is major Paloma cocktail vibes with bright citrus, pomelo, and a hint of tartness. Um, the mouthfeel is supposed to be slightly bitter and slightly tart, fairly light and crushable. Um, and some rad details are that it's meant to be a little more malt flavored uh, than our typical foggy IPAs uh, with some additions of Maris Otter and a touch of rye flakes. So super excited to jump into this, super excited to see what it tastes like. Um, and yeah, I, I will try to make sure there's a link for this. Um, so you guys can check it out. Uh, I, I see on their website now that they are currently sold out of this specific brew, but uh, hopefully that will change soon. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give this a live a taste test and see if we can uh, get a get a feel for this. So Bryce, you, you mentioned that you liked the look of it, right? Oh, yeah, it looks beautiful. It looks it looks wonderful. Yeah, that's good. That is good. That is a good beer. You know, and this is what I've realized. Now that I've been getting these craft beers, so I've this is my second month on this subscription service, and uh, I get six pints uh, a month, and they're they're all so different, yet they all have that nice, like crisp and clean, and just almost like it's it is like a fruity flavor to it, but it's just like a fruity beer flavor. It's not like a, a, a seltzer or something like that where, you know, it's meant to taste like a black cherry or something, but you just get the fruitiness, like the citrusy flavor. And it's just really crisp and really, really good. It's just so I have, I have yet to be disappointed by anything I've had from this service yet. So I'm super excited for it. It's, it's a pretty expensive service. And like, I was fortunate enough to get a gift to me. And obviously this person isn't going to pay for my subscription for the rest of my life, but (laughs) (laughs) one can dream, (laughs) one can dream. But, you know, once they decide to not pay for it, I am 
probably definitely going to keep up with it just because it's so good. And I love getting again, we talked about this during our coffee review. I love getting, you know, things from local local places, mom and pop shops like I I as much as I love, um, you know, the new Belgium uh, Voodoo Ranger series like that. That's what really introduced me to IPAs and what really, you know, made me change my mind. And I, I love uh, their series. I just I love being able to explore, you know, these small places from across the country and and because a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears went into making these. So it's just super awesome to be able to support those local places and also get great tasting, you know, beer in the process. So I'm uh, super excited for it. This is awesome. Um, What is that that service? Um, it's craft beer Kings, craft beer Kings, uh, okay. craft beer Kings. And they have an option for a, uh, 12 beer a month, uh, option for, I think a hundred dollars or a six beer a month for $60. So, um, again, pricey, but if you think about it, that's $10 a beer, $10 a pint that, that that's a pricier pint, but you're also getting it from all across the country. Yeah. I mean, that's shipping and, and handling and, also. And exactly. Like, that's yeah, so. But that's get yeah. pricey when you're sending heavy liquids like that. So sure, yeah. yeah. So I totally get it. Again, it's not like a crazy high price, but it's not something that everyone's going to be able to do. I know, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you can check out Humble C, uh, this is the second beer that I've had from them, and it's it's awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's it's a very good beer. I'll, I'll have to sit with it a little uh, for a little bit before I give it an actual rating, um, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so it's a suds week. So that means we're going to talk about something that we can do indoors and while we're drinking a beer. So, uh, I have recently gotten into a little game. It's very indie. You might not have heard of it, but it's called dungeons and dragons. Um, so (laughs) that's what I've been. I I say I gotten into it. I'm in the very early stages of getting into it. Uh, Bryce has been a player for a very long time. Um, but I've also, I've, I've kind of rejected the idea of dungeons and dragons for a very long time. Uh, because it was just like, it was like a level of nerd that I wasn't willing to commit to. I was like, listen, I, you know, I'm a nerd. I'm, I, I'll embrace, I'll embrace my nerdiness, but Dungeons and Dragons, like sitting around the table and, and pretending we're in some kind of mythical land and making voices. And <laughs> I was like, that is something <laughs> that is a level of nerd that I'm not uh, about to commit to. Uh, but I was talking to a friend, uh, someone who I knew um, a long time ago. We were catching up a little bit. And uh, he was just telling me um, what he what he what he's been doing over uh, quarantine and stuff. And he told me that he had recently gotten into Dungeons and Dragons and uh, basically, you know, he caught my ear because I knew he was the kind of guy who was sort of similar to me. He didn't he was he's a nerd, but he's not someone who would have committed to something like Dungeons and Dragons. And he did. And I was like, you know what, maybe maybe I'll give it a try. So <laughs> I, I reached out to a few of my friends like Bryce, who are who I knew were very, very much into it um, and, and got their feedback, got their opinions on it and uh, decided to give it a shot. And here we are. Uh, bought the bought the player's handbook, uh, bought some dice. uh started looking up videos on how to build a character, how to play the game. Um, and yeah, I've been having a fun time learning about what's to come. 
I, I, I very much enjoy the character creation side of it. I'm worried about the gameplay side of it. Um, just because, again, the whole notion of, of you know, sitting around a, a table and just having your, your imagination be your, <laughs> you know, the, the board. I'm a, I'm a very big board game person, but I like to be able to see and hold tangible things and, and visualize things that are already set for me. That's what uh, maps and miniatures idea. are for. Hey, yeah, fair There's enough. There's things um, for people like you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been skeptical. Um, I've sat in on a session. I've uh, watched a lot of videos. So I'm excited to actually try it. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Bryce, you are not a novice. You are not a rookie to this to this whole thing. You want to explain your sort of history with it, how you, how you came to, to fall in love with the game? Uh, yeah, I'm not a super veteran either by any means, that's for sure. I actually got cut into it when 5e came out. It's the newest edition. Um, I actually don't even know which year it came out, but I started it about... 2014. You have the date there? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, which would be about when I uh, started it then. It would, it would have been oh, that wow. year. Uh, and I've been part of three or four campaigns, but those campaigns always kind of fell short as groups do. They tend to fall apart. That is a kind of a thing that happens over a long period of time, especially when people are moving mm-hmm. and things like that happen. Um, but yeah, so I was started out as a fresh player. Uh, it's actually a group of us friends. I think only one of us had played before, maybe two of us out of the group of six. And the person DMing was our first time DMing. Uh, and we all created a world together and then played in that world. I uh, got through about half the story. Uh, and then the second time I got into it was a couple years later, um, probably 2018. I got into it again. Um, well, I never fell out of it. Just didn't have people to play with or time to do it. And then I DM'd for that one because uh, I wanted to do some creating and try out storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was cool. I really enjoyed that experience. We only got uh, maybe a few months of sessions in once a week, which is, is solid. Um, and that was a ton of fun. I enjoyed that experience. And then with one of those players, they were also a DM for their own campaign. So I played in their campaign for a couple sessions. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of my been my history with it. And I've enjoyed all of it. And right now I've been, once you mentioned that you were getting into it, it got my juices flowing right away. And <laughs> I started creating new campaign ideas um, and coming up with all that. I'm definitely preferred. There's a couple different types. There's uh, adventures where you can follow, you can buy the core books or go online and find uh, pre-made uh, material mm-hmm. for all of that or for adventures specifically and then follow along those guidelines. Uh, I prefer uh, just homebrewing, which is the method of just coming up with your own world and where things are and what characters are important for what. And I just use uh, all the D&D lore and I use kind of all the different races and, and information and just I tweak whatever I want to tweak. I make sure there's consistency, of course. You got to. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, I like just creating my own world and my own story and my own version of events that have happened um so yeah so i mean this is a this is a massively popular like worldwide game at this point like i was looking online and they said like it has over 20 million players worldwide like the the sales have racked up over a billion dollars for all the different books and Mm -hmm. things like that what do you what do you think like makes this such a like 
a popular thing that people are are drawn to what is it about this game specific because it's lasted the test of time i mean originally it came out in 1974 yeah and you know it's 2021 and people are still playing it probably uh at a higher rate than they've ever played it so what's what what do you what would you attribute the success of the game to you think um i would say it's a creative outlet i think people um, are always looking for reasons to get together and to find a way to hang out even just once a month. Uh, you know, most people, sometimes they just go out to the bar for some cocktails or do they'll do brunch or they'll just do uh, maybe a, a barbecue uh, or they'll get together for, for sports events. I think this is just kind of the uh, laid-back kind of version of all of that. I think this is kind of the, the at-home uh, version for that, and it's a creative outlet. Because, you know, people, they go to work and they don't have that outlet, you know. Or maybe their mm-hmm. outlet just isn't enough. Or this is kind of that bridge between putting in a lot of effort and also letting it just kind of unfold itself. It's kind of that, mm-hmm. that nice bridge between um, taking too much out of uh, out of your time and efforts. That way you can just kind of go into it and have fun. Um yeah, lots of and lots of people. There's so many different types. I've looked into all sorts of different approaches for it, and sometimes it's just friends who want to get together and just be eccentric with each other. Sometimes it's friends who want to have a strict uh, by the numbers world, and they just want to kind of have control over everything, which is not a bad thing as long as you have a good person leading that. That's a great thing because uh, there's tons of consistency there, and it's you know it's just a board game on steroids. Uh, yeah. And then this is also used for team building. Like companies use mm. this for for team building exercises for their mm. for the players. Um, I can't name those companies right now just because I forgot. <laughs> but I've read plenty of articles, and people mm. they hire a third party who's like a professional uh, dungeon master. That's the person who leads uh, who leads the whole campaign, builds the story, uh, and creates the world and the atmosphere. And they hire these people for tons of money and then do a whole team building exercise out of it instead of, you know, going out and doing laser tag or going to Top Golf mm-hmm. or doing, you know, other fun things like that. They choose Dungeons and Dragons as well as an option. So, yeah, I watched a, a YouTube series uh, where <laughs> a, a teacher uh, gave students the opportunity to uh, have this as their final exam in an audiovisual class. So, uh, they like played a game. They all created their characters, and they all like played. It was a bunch of first-time high school students playing, and he gave them that option as as to be a part of their final project for his his AV class. Which I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is really That's cool. So and cool. they were super like novice players, and you know, teenagers are uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, you know this is in 1980s where I'm sure. You know, a lot, lots of teenagers were playing this. So lots of high schoolers were mm-hmm. playing this. I'm, I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure, but I would assume the biggest audience for this, for Dungeons and Dragons, currently are people in their late 20s, early 30s, and and on. You know, people who have been playing the game for a really long time. But um, yeah, it's probably not something that you're going to catch a group of 16, 17 year olds doing on a Friday night. You know, you'd be. I think you'd be surprised nowadays because I know. Um, oh, when was it? Well, we're in 2021. I'm trying to think of the years now. <laughs> I'm going to age myself so hard. <laughs> but about uh, eight years ago or seven years ago, something like that, I was working at uh, the movie theater, and that's a lot of high schools sure. that uh, high schoolers that are working there. And there was multiple different groups. Um, um, I think 
the whole nerd world has really changed, though, and that's a whole different subject because you yeah. get into anime and all the other stuff, too. But it, sure. it, it's definitely sure. changed a lot, and a lot of that kind of stuff is what people want to do now. Like, all sorts and of I people. Agree. Yeah, it's pretty crazy I how much that's that. changed. I just, <laughs> I just feel like, especially because that, that was where the block was for me. Like, I feel like there's, like, the opportunity to be a casual nerd and, and like things like superheroes or comic books or anime mm. and things like that. You can do that casually, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you can be a casual D&D nerd because I do feel like it takes up so much of your time and concentration and effort that if you're not all in on it, then you're probably not going to be like these people who play on a weekly basis or have two or three campaigns going at the same time. And you know, that takes up all of your free time. So I, I don't think you can be a casual D and D nerd. I feel like you kind of have to I, be all in. I think that's all. your perception right now. Um, because I feel like you can be, because I, the whole two to three campaigns that one done, that's, that's, that is beyond casual D&D nerd. I consider the once a week or the once every two weeks, even once a month, um, that would be that would be the casual thing. Because that's not taking up all your time. You just kind of put in some thought to your character. Like, but in the beginning, yeah, there's investment. To, like, I was going to say, yeah, you have to <laughs> invest in – this is not a simple game but, to play. This is not like a go look up a rule sheet and figure it out. You have to, like, invest time into learning this game. Yeah, I think there is, I mean, definitely, there's some stuff, but the, that's kind of what the Dungeon Master is there for. For the Dungeon Master, there's no real casual thing about it, because it's their job to guide you and teach you all those rules mm-hmm. through the gameplay. And so, yes, you kind of need to remember certain things, but you have to remember certain things for your character specifically, uh, mm-hmm. which in the grand scheme isn't a lot, but obviously if it's your first time, it's still a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, it definitely is. I did a spellcaster the first time, I played and it was a lot, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I had I still had fun with it, um, and yeah I don't know I think uh, I think it's based on the person you love when you get into something no matter what it is you your interest runs deep really fast and so you just kind of want to invest to get the most out of it so for mm-hmm. you it's probably not going to feel like it can be a casual thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely get what you're saying, but I, I, I in guess, general, I think it can be. I guess in terms like it can't be casual if you want to be serious about it or good at it. Like if you're just playing to have fun and you're just you know going with the flow, like I'm sure a lot of players do. Then yeah, I don't think you you need to be completely 100 percent invested. But if you are like me, and I don't like to play things without having the option to be good at them, like I'm not gonna waste my time doing something if I can't be good at it um then i think yeah it's it would be hard to be uninvested and (laughs) and still be good at it i think you know like you and you that's a really good point though the way you phrase that you want to be good at this game so with D &D, that's that's the beauty of it is being good at it means a million different things for you it would mean building the best character cooperating the best uh accomplishing the goals the most efficient way kind of a thing and just kind of in just mm. dominating this world that your character's being thrown into. Um, and that's kind of, you know, sort of how you'd be going into it. But it could also mean uh, just building the best musician, like, you know, or building sure. or, uh, you know, yeah. just uh, accomplishing even just small scale stuff uh, or just getting in there and maybe you just want to be chaotic and just 
mix up everything and you're you're mm. you're being good at something you know for this other person would be trying to mess it up like it's yeah. it, there's I there's guess, a lot of different kind yeah, of ways and, to be good at this game so yeah. and i guess maybe that's my exposure because the people that i've talked to about D specifically have said they don't want like i've spoken to a couple people who dm or a few people and they are saying like their their worst players that they play with are people who are there to just sort of fuck shit up who are just there to be chaos or who are this who are yeah. this, who are just there to 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 talk to the npcs or the non-player characters or who are just interested in role playing like apparent from what my exposure to it has been that they want full and complete players they don't like playing with the people who are just there to just be there you know they yeah like and that's a common thing and it just comes yeah. down to the communication uh between the players and the dm for the game starts like hey what are you trying to get out of this game this is yeah. the kind of game i kind of want to run uh, let's kind of see what kind of character you're building let's see if we this is this group dynamic is going to work together as characters and as people you know is, let's see mm-hmm. if this dynamic is going to work um uh, otherwise, maybe I or you know one of us needs to find a different game to play in for uh, yeah. a totally different yeah. dynamic, and that's kind of where that comes in. I think that's mm-hmm. where uh, most problems arise is not having that initial communication. Um, but Fair again, enough. you know, someone could just be trying to get in there and be like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm going to play this," and then just go in there and just yeah. destroy everything. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's our D&D discussion. Uh, Bryce, as someone who has played this game for longer than I have, at least, uh, is this something that you would recommend to, to other people as of uh, as of right now? Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. I definitely always, <laughs> um, whenever I hang out with uh, any of my friends or any of anyone who has kids that are kind of uh, older, like eight, an older well 10 and older generally not eight eight was that's young <laughs> but uh 10 12 <laughs> and older um yeah. and who love board games already uh i always try and just mention dungeons and dragons or i'll talk about it and i'll kind of like because they love being creative they're already into board games and then they also love having an outlet for their minds and what they can create and so for them it's a sure. ton of fun and i sure. think that's my allure to it too um so it's uh yeah i, I recommend it to Pretty much anyone I know who's already into board games. I don't think I would just recommend it to just, like, the random, like, <laughs> just, you know, casual yeah. per- person who's just, you know, who isn't into board yeah. games. Because <laughs> it definitely takes a certain mentality. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and I, I agree with that part. I would definitely recommend it to anyone who, A, has has time to invest into learning the game, B has uh, that creative spark, you know, that you like to create. You don't just like to participate. Um, and and C are, you know, you're willing to be uh, an all out nerd, like, because you have to, like, you have to commit to your nerdiness to be able to play this game. Um, and that's again, that's an obstacle that I'm gonna have to try to overcome if I want to be good at this and play it and take it seriously. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing if I if I have what it takes <laughs> to come one fully for that. one perception you have, I think of it, <laughs> or maybe you just keep bringing it up because you just yeah. really don't want to. But uh, one thing I want to break is sure, sure. Um, you don't have to like have a the voice. Voices. Yeah, the yeah. whole voices yeah. thing and the whole like persona. Like you don't have to come up like you can. And it yeah. can be fun, but sometimes if you're in a group or no one else is doing it and you're the only one doing it, then it's 
you know, maybe it is still fun for you, but then it's also kind of like, well, I'm the only one doing it now. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it again just comes down to the group and what you're comfortable yeah. doing. Except in a group or a few people like doing voices, but you know, one or two other people don't, and it's fine. Like you, it's just about. Yeah the game itself. I mean, and again, it's not yeah. not just the voices thing. I think it's the role-playing thing because, like, the, yeah. the, the session that I sat in on, like, the, the DM would always ask, like, oh, describe your hit. Like, if you hit the character, if you roll enough to, to be able to hit the character, and he's like, oh, describe what you do to him. And some of these people were getting into it, like, oh, I slide down, and I bring my axe up and chop his arm That's off the fun it. part Please. of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> again, but I'm saying, like, everybody doesn't have the ability yeah. to just be like, I don't fucking know. I hit him. And <laughs> what do you mean? Describe it. Like it's a hit. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and again, then, you just have to be able to commit to that level of, yeah, of well, nerd. You know. That is a level of nerd that not everybody is comfortable with. Yeah. And you don't have to just, you know, that's a very specific example, but you know, that's not something you'd have yeah, yeah. to describe every time. That's no, but uh, for the no, DM to just, recognize. That's just an example. Yeah. Example. Yeah. That's, that's good. That, no, I didn't think about it that way actually. Yeah. Cause I think I just, I naturally love getting into that. So I didn't think about it from uh of playing D&D with not getting into that. <laughs> exactly. I get know, what so you're saying. I, I think you I see what you're seeing that. now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, that's D&D. If you guys play or if you uh, have ever thought about playing and, you know, maybe our conversation here convinced you to play or maybe it scared you away, uh, let us know. <laughs> Brood. <laughs> Broodconvos at gmail.com. Um, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back with Brewer's Choice. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys after the break. All right. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we are going to jump straight into Brewer's Choice. Brewer's Choice is just our recommendation segment. We're going to recommend something to you guys that we've uh, been consuming this week. Uh, whether that be a movie, a TV show, a book, a song, a podcast, anything that we've consumed, we are going to recommend to you. Um, Bryce, go ahead. What's your what's your recommendation for this week? I'm going to recommend a podcast. And okay. since we've been talking about D&D, it is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, it is called Not Another D&D Podcast or NADPOD, oh. N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Okay. And... It is, it's funny. It's absolutely hilarious. So these players, uh, just a group of friends uh, who, they are professional comedians. I think they were on College Humor. And okay. uh, and okay. so like, so these are professional. And most D&D podcasts I think you'll find um, that are popular are, are, are mostly uh, professionals in one way or another. Like some of these players now like on this podcast even have like an animated tv show on disney and stuff like they're yeah so they're so this is meant to be friends just getting together and having fun but they're also professionals so keep that in mind it's meant to just be a a comedy and it's just supposed to be fun um the storytelling is also great uh and it is just it's a blast from the first episode and on and as their characters develop and as they progress through the story uh they have run-on jokes that, of course, when you get into any TV show or any cast of characters, you just you fall in love with all this stuff. Um, hmm. So, yeah, definitely check out that podcast, NADPOD. There are a lot of episodes. They're anywhere from an hour to two hours. Uh, but just, just throw on, like, the first episode. If you like the vibe of it, just kind of, you know, casually listen to it. Or, you know, binge hard. I'm currently myself <laughs> on, I believe I just got to episode 50, and I started it probably six or seven months ago. So I'm kind of... 
Mm-hmm. In terms of binging and nerd podcasts, I have been ca- very casual about it. I'll have stints where I'll go through six episodes in a day, but uh, then I won't listen to it for a couple weeks because I got my stint. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, have some fun with that. Nice, nice. All right. Um, I might check it out. You know, I'm not really. Again, I, I I might have to listen to an episode to see how it is, and then if mm-hmm. I if I can if I can vibe with it, if I can rock with it, I might keep going. Uh, I'm going to recommend a television show, a series, a Netflix series that uh, has been recommended to me several times in the past. Uh, Bryce is actually one of the people who has recommended to me. Um, it's called Dark. It's a Netflix original series. Has three seasons, uh, 26 episodes total. Um, and apparently it's a, you know, what I had heard about it was that it was a sort of combination of Lost and Stranger Things is how it was described to me, I think, initially. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought about Stranger Things, but I can kind of get those vibes. All right. Um, and I was very skeptical about it. Uh, I think one of the biggest reasons I was skeptical about it is because the first time I tried to watch it, it was, it had like defaulted to the dubbed version of the yeah. show it's a germ it's a german show uh and it had originally <laughs> defaulted to english dubs so it was very strange and i was like i can't i can't sit through this for an yeah. hour um so i had kind of just dismissed it after that i was like eh, i don't eh, no i can't do it um but then um you know i was like okay well i got to watch it in the original form in the german form and you know, I don't have a problem with subtitles, so I was like able to enjoy it and really dive into it. It's a very, very good show. I just finished season one. Uh, yeah, it's definitely given me lost vibes for sure. Lots of things that you kind of have to um, look for clues on, look for hints. A lot of you know very confusing things initially, but they end up making sense. So it's uh, a very, very good show. I'm super excited to to continue with it. I was telling Bryce before we started recording that I might actually rewatch the first season before I even jump to season two, which if a show is making me want to rewatch a season before I continue with it, I feel like that's a, a sign that the show is very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, extremely well done. Uh, great performances. It's a science fiction type show, but I feel like the human element is, is one of the strongest things about it. Like there's so much, you get so invested in so many different characters and there's so much in it that it, it's just a very well-rounded, very good show. Um, so Dark, like I said, three seasons on all streaming on Netflix right now. You can binge the entire thing if you want. Um, yeah, that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna recommend. Beautiful, beautiful thing to yeah. recommend. I love it. All right, guys, uh, that is it. That's our first episode since September. It feels so Welcome good. Back. Feels I'm so good. I'm super excited to continue this journey. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for being patient. Um, I know I've been uh, a few people have reached out to me to ask, hey, what's going on with this podcast? And I've been like, wait, you just got to be patient. You know, good things take time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. So here we are. But We're we can back. only use We're... that line for so long. <laughs> <laughs>
exactly. <laughs> hopefully, I won't make any promises or any guarantees, but hopefully we're back and we're back for good. We hope to be able to bring you guys this uh, content on a weekly basis. So uh, stay tuned. If we have any updates about that, we will definitely let you guys know. We won't disappear again without at least letting you guys know. Um, so thank you so much for, for sticking with us and, and being great listeners. Um you should send us some emails if you want to uh, ask us any questions. If you had any critiques of the show, um, if you have any recommendations for us, uh, broodconvos at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with you guys and to talk with you guys. Uh, Bryce, we're also on the social medias. Where can they go to, to yes, find us on those? They can get us at Brood Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and mm. Brood Convos on Twitter. Awesome. Uh, and one oh. other thing I actually wanted to add on to that is Yo. I, by the time you listen to this episode, I will have mm-hmm. a Discord server set up, and it will be chat only, not a voice chat at first. Uh, we will do uh, just text chat only, uh, and I will have that set up because I, we would both love to interact with our listeners more. And Absolutely. so uh, we'll have more details for that. Keep an eye out for that post. Uh, on all the social media uh, about that for more information. Cool beans. All right, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. And until next week, my name's Adonis. I'm Bryce. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. As you begin to develop and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is Easy, produced by CJ Beats. Our outro music is Destiny, produced by James Berkeley. Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Ship.